You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So um, the big board is, I guess we'll call it done for now. Um, I've spent so much time just getting all the data inputted so that I can get a list. Haven't spent a lot of time really tweaking. Um, And I think the majority of that is going to be for the 2023 draft anyways, in terms of perfecting sort of the weights, if you will. That is to say, how much do you weight... Um, forced incompletions for corners compared to uh, passer rating allowed, which stats should even be included, right? So really understanding the correlation between the statistic and um, how that correlates to them in the NFL. Not not necessarily how much it correlates to them in college, because I'm not really just looking to recreate my own PFF grade. I want to see which things correlate to NFL grades. In other words, NFL being a uh, being a good player in the NFL. And I don't have time to get that sorted out between now and the draft, but I will try to tweak it a little bit so there will be some uh, continued boards coming out. There will be some tweaks and changes, et cetera, et cetera. But um, again, if you are on Patreon, if you're on the $5 tier or higher, you've already seen it. There are, I don't remember what the number is, 400, 500 some odd prospects. Uh, that are not just ranked but graded. Uh, let me see if I can find the tweet that I put out here. Do 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 sort of their rank, uh, probably maybe even have some kind of a cool bar graph kind of thing for each individual category. And you can see more or less how I came to my conclusions, you know, without the actual official data. But, um, you know, for pass rushers, you'll be able to get a little cheat sheet, not just what their grade is, but you'll be able to look real quick reference guide to their um, just generally how good against the run, how good against the pass, et cetera, et cetera. But anyways, for today, I really want to just keep doing what we've been doing. It's very rare for me to um, do the same thing many, 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 many days in a row, but I really like it, and I really want to know these prospects because I can't get out of my head that we're going to end up drafting four of these guys we're going to end up talking about, possibly. And so I want to have a uh, pretty good granular look at um, who some of these guys are. So hopefully you're enjoying it. If not, then I'll catch you next week sometime because we're (laughs) going to be doing this. But um, I'm going to go ahead and take a gamble and skip Kenny Pickett, if that's all right with you. He's next on our list for the consensus big board. Um, Next up, we've got Mr. Chris Olave. Six foot 187. He was six foot um, 185 at his pro day. 43940, as you may remember. Youngest of three boys, born in San uh, Ysidro, spent his freshman and sophomore years at East Lake High in Chula Vista, suburb of San Diego. With his parents looking for a stricter education, the family moved to North San Diego and enrolled Olave and his older brother at Mission Hills High, alma mater of San Francisco 49ers linebacker Fred Warner. 
However, the state athletic board ruled them ineligible for the 2016 season, and Alave was forced to sit out his junior year of football. As a senior, he set San Diego section records with 1,764 receiving yards and 26 touchdowns on 93 receptions. He also played defensive back on defense, which is redundant, and added a punt return touchdown. He also lettered in basketball, baseball, track, uh, and track at Mission Hills, running personal bests in the 100 meters, 200 meters, and long jump. He is, by the way, 21.84 years old. A three-star recruit out of high school, Olave was number 68 wide receiver in the country and the number 47 recruit in the state of California. College programs frequented the Mission Hills in 2017, but mainly to see quarterback Jack Tuttle, who is Olave's best friend. Ohio State's Ryan Day, then in his first season of offen- uh, as offensive coordinator, visited to see the quarterback, but it was Olave catching passes during practice who stole the show. After not playing as a junior, Olave was under-recruited, and Ohio State was one of the first schools to offer him a scholarship. He grew up an Oregon fan, but they entered the picture too late, and Olave committed to the Buckeyes over UCLA, USC, and Utah, which is where Cuddle- Tuttle committed. Olave was the third lowest-ranked recruit of the 26 enrollees at Ohio State's 2018 class. His older brother played cornerback at, uh, at the FCF level at UC Davis. His older brother Josh played cornerback at Azusa Pacific before transferring to the FCS level Weber State for the 2020 and 2021 seasons. Alave graduated with a degree in consumer and family financial services. He opted out of the Rose Bowl, declined his invitation to the 2022 Senior Bowl. Some of his career highlights blocked a punt in 2018 where he played 14 games, didn't start any. Um, 2019 played 14 games, started six, third team all Big Ten, led team in receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, and blocked another punt. 2020 played and started seven games. First team all Big Ten, led the team in receiving. Led the team in receiving. Seven games, 729 yards. Anyways, 2021, 12 games, 12 starts. First team all American, first team all Big Ten, led team in touchdowns, and was team captain. Summary. Alave has an average body type and marginal play strength, but he is a polished pass catcher with dependable, dependable ball skills and unique feel for pacing coverage. He projects as a starting Z receiver and a productive wide receiver, too, on the depth chart in the NFL. I went over some of this already with you when I was talking specifically about Alave before, but I want to go through this again since we're going through this um, officially, I guess. Plus, it's one of Packer fans' favorite prospects, so hearing it twice, I'm sure, isn't going to hurt anybody. Next up, we've got Trevor Penning, 6'7", 325, weighed in at 333 at his pro day, packing on an additional 7 pounds. 48940, uh, 28 on the bench. Trevor Penning, who is one of three children, grew up in Clear Lake in northern Iowa, about 30 miles south of the Minnesota border. He attended Newman Catholic High School in Mason City, which is the lowest classification of 11 man football in Iowa. He was the only 5'10, 170 pound, oh, he was only 5'10, 170 pounds as a freshman and played tight end and defensive end on varsity as a sophomore and junior. Dude, how are you 5'10 and you end up 6'7? This guy blew up crazy. Trevor Penning, by the way, about to turn 23 years old. With college football becoming a possibility for the rising senior, the Newman coaches moved Penning to offensive line as a pulling guard in their run-heavy attack to showcase his size and movement skills. He earned first-team all-district honors in 2016. Penning also lettered in basketball and track, setting personal bests of 47.25 in the shot put and 137.9 in the discus, whatever the heck that means. He also lettered in baseball and wrestling during his sophomore seasons. I tell you what, man, wrestling when you're in the trenches, I will never not love that. Any kind of combat sport, it immediately reminds me of Mike Daniels and um, the who's the Colts guard that does like martial arts and stuff. Can never remember that guy's name. 
don't know why. It's just certain people, man. I try to think of them, and I'm like, I don't know. I, I immediately erase that from my memory. He was a no-star offensive line recruit out of high school. Penning didn't receive any recruiting interest until after his junior season when he started to receive messages from Division II and Division III programs. During his senior year, a few FCS schools started to show interest, and he received two offers uh, after the season, committing to nearby northern Iowa over South Dakota. Penning didn't receive any communications from Iowa or Iowa State. His younger brother, Jared, is a rising redshirt junior at northern Iowa and started next to Trevor at left guard. That's interesting. Uh, Penning accepted an invitation to the 2022 Senior Bowl. All right, so we get Trevor Penning. We get his brother, uh, what, next year? Overall, Penning's fundamentals and on-field discipline need to be coached up, but he has an impressive blend of size, length, fluidity, and power, along with the physical presence to dominate the man in front of him. With his traits, he can be a rookie NFL starter as he works out the kinks. He has him 16 overall. Um, He is number 19 overall in the consensus. I'm hoping the consensus is closer to being correct. Next on the list is linebacker Devin Lloyd out of Utah, six foot two, two thirty-seven. His pro day measured six foot three, but I think we'll stick with the, the combine measurements. Four six six forty time. Born in Kansas City, grew up in a military family. There we go. Here come the discipline. <laughs> his father Joe was in the Navy for twenty-six years, and his mother uh, Renita Johnson also served. He was raised in Kansas City by his mother before moving to Dallas and then to Southern California to live with his father. Lloyd focused on basketball growing up before starting to play football in middle school. He attended Ote Ranch High and played three seasons of varsity football, primarily on offense, wide receiver and running back, and special teams. He was a punter. There you go. Hey, you looking for special teams help? We do need a punter, I'm just saying. First round linebacker slash punter? That feels like something the Packers would do. As a junior, sarcasm, Lloyd posted 23 catches for 384 yards and two touchdowns. As a senior captain, he added safety duties to his resume and earned second-team All-State honors on defense with 52 tackles, eight interceptions, and three defensive touchdowns. Lloyd also had 29 catches for 493 yards and six touchdowns on offense and averaged 37.1 yards per punt. He led her two seasons on the basketball team. So out of high school, the guy never played a snap of linebacker. He played pretty much every other position, but not linebacker. He was a three-star safety recruit out of high school. Lloyd was ranked number 122 at his position in 2017 recruiting class and 160 out of California. A late bloomer recruit, the 200-pound safety started to pick up a Mountain West scholarship offer as a senior and verbally committed to UNLV. However, he backed off that pledge with the hopes of landing a larger school. Lloyd didn't have many options until Utah saw him during basketball season and extended an offer shortly before signing day. Basketball. You put in all this work as a football player and nobody wants you. And then Utah watches you play basketball like, dude, we should go get that guy, make him a linebacker. (laughs) He was recruited as a safety, but moved to linebacker in his first year in the Utah program. Lloyd graduated with a degree in communications. He accepted the invitation in 2022 Senior Bowl, but decided to pull out prior to the event. 2017, he redshirted, and that was also when he made the transition to linebacker. 2018, he played 14 games, started zero. Uh, I don't see a single stat. <laughs> six six tackles he had. 2019, played 14, started 14. Honorable mention, all Pac-12, led team in tackles, interception, and touchdown. Um, 2020, five starts, five games. First team, all Pac-12, led the team in tackles and tackles for a lost team captain. 2021, played 14 games, started 13. Consensus All-American, Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. First team, all Pac-12, led the team in tackles, tackles for a loss, interceptions, two interception touchdowns. He led the team in interceptions? Good lord. I guess I could see that. 
Overall, Lloyd doesn't have to come off the field with his impressive blend of instincts, chase speed, and explosiveness to blitz, play, and run, and cover. He projects as a scheme-proof NFL starter and a better version of L.A. Chargers' uh, Kenneth Murray, which I guess is good because as much as I like Kenneth Murray, he's not super great, which I kind of knew was going to be the case, but I still like him. I'm going to take a bit of a bold leap here and skip Trent McDuffie. Um, Because we've been doing this so long, I really want to hit on the prospects that I I think we have a good chance of drafting, and I'm. It's possible. It's certainly not impossible. You know, he could end up getting drafted and be kind of a slot guy, I guess. But you know, with with the guys we have, I can't imagine taking a first round draft pick. Um, I mean, he's just not going to play at all. And basically, it'll be next year. Razul Douglas leaves, and that'll be his first snap. So it's again, it's not impossible. But I'm just I'm going to go ahead and make the business decision to not. Talk about Trent McDuffie, Andrew Booth, et cetera, et cetera. So that brings us to one of the more interesting prospects in this draft class. We'll see what uh, the beast has for us, but Traylon Burks, wide receiver out of Arkansas. I don't know if I mentioned it, but he hunts wild boar with a knife. So anyways, let's see what we can find out (laughs) about Traylon Burks. Uh, Six foot two, 225 pounds, ran a slightly disappointing 4.55, but again, I think he's one of the guys we... We generally say um, that's not a, a perfectly accurate reflection of his speed. But anyways, Traylon Burks was born and raised in Warren, Arkansas, about an hour north of the Arkansas-Louisiana border, and is an avid hunter, deer, hogs, etc., and fisherman. Tell you what, if Traylon Burks comes here looking for some more video content, we're going fishing with Traylon Burks. I don't know how we're going to make it happen, but we're going to make it happen. Because you know what this guy's never been fishing for? Muskie. Walleye. I guess I shouldn't say never, but... They don't have that down there. Not that I know much about it, but I'm sure I could talk my uncle into taking his musky fishing. So I'm just saying. He's good too. We'll get on him. Plus, you generally refer to a musky as a hog anyways. So it's like, you know, it's just a, it's a perfect fit, man. He was meant for musky fishing. He attended Warren High and was a four-year varsity letterman, becoming the first freshman starter for Bo Hembry, the longtime head coach. Oh, that's the end of the sentence, a longtime head coach. Um, By the way, this is a quote from Hembry on Burks. As a football player, he's the best I've ever coached. You know, I got to say, from a personality standpoint, we've, we've talked about some pretty cool guys, guys that I really respect, guys that are hard workers, guys that are grinders, um... You know, just, just, I mean, a lot of these guys, they, they, they were in four different sports. They did all these things, you know, the, the academics were there. Everything was there. As far as a guy that's just a great football player and just seems like a really fun guy, it's hard to be trailing Burks, man. I know, I know you don't draft guys based on their personality necessarily, although especially the Packers kind of do, but I mean, let's put it this way. That is a heck of an endorsement. And I know that coaches will sometimes embellish, but I don't think you have Hembry saying random things like, as a football player, he's the best I've ever coached. Anyways, Burks lined up at quarterback and wide receiver on offense, uh, linebacker and defense. Also handled kicking, punting, and return duties on special teams. Which all this stuff makes sense. When you're in high school and you're built like Traylon Burks and you're as big and fast, I mean, there's literally not a single position, maybe quarterback, that you can't play. And probably quarterback, if we're being completely honest. As a sophomore, he helped Warren to the the 2016 Class 4A Championship. As a junior, he finished with 45 catches for 1,090 yards and 11 touchdowns, 114 carries and 396 rushing yards, 27 touchdowns. He uh, added 84 tackles, 14 tackles for a loss, 5 interceptions, Three for a touchdown on defense and four. I mean, he was just the most dominant freak everywhere, uh, 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 doing everything. 
As a senior, Burks posted eight catches for 244 yards and four touchdowns, along with three passing touchdowns, obviously, before a knee injury ended his 2018 season. He finished his prep career with 151 catches for 3,403 yards, 43 touchdowns. Burks also lettered in baseball and basketball, because why not? A four-star recruit out of high school, Burks was the number 16 wide receiver in the 2019 recruiting class, uh, and the number one recruit in the state of Arkansas. He received offers from Clemson, Florida State, LSU, and Michigan, but decided to stay in-state and signed with Arkansas. I, I really like that too, by the way. I don't know why, but there's just something, um, there's something important about loyalty. You know, I, I completely understand anybody that says, I want to go to Alabama, or I want to go to Ohio State, or I want to go to one of these major programs because, you know, it's going to teach me the, the they're, they're going to get the best out of me. But there's something to the loyalty aspect of saying, I want to stay close to my family. I want to stay close to home. I, I, I love my state. I want to be in my state. There's not this, I, I can't wait to get out of here mentality. I can't wait to get away from my family. I can't wait to get on a plane and go be on my own a million miles away, away from you know my grandparents and my parents and just, ugh, get me out of here. You know, my favorite attribute about Rashawn Gary is, is, is not necessarily his work ethic. That's a close second. It's his loyalty. He is a fiercely loyal person. So I like it when I hear he went there to stay close to home, especially when they have major offers from other major programs. Clemson, Florida State, LSU, and Michigan. I mean, nothing against Arkansas, but I'm just saying. Uh, Following in the footsteps of past uh, Warren wide receiver Jarius Wright, Greg Childs, and Chris Gregg. He elected to skip his senior season and the bowl game to declare for the 2022 NFL Draft. Couple notes about his college career. 2019, um, played 11 games, started nine, so right out of the gate, he's starting. SEC All Freshman team, led team in receiving yards. 2020, nine games, nine started, second team All SEC, led team in receiving, missed one game because of injury. In 2021, 12 games played, 12 games started, first team All SEC, led the team in receiving, rushing touchdowns, <laughs> rushing touchdowns. Oh my goodness. Set a school record with six 100 yard receiving games. They only played 12 games. <laughs> That's crazy. Anyways, in his summary, overall, Burks is uh, underdeveloped as an outside route runner, but he is dynamic, a dynamic weapon with the ball in his hands and boasts a unique blend of size, athleticism, and ball skills to grow into the NFL team's number one receiver. He compared to a linebacker-sized Debo Samuel in a similar scheme. Next on the list is a guy that I've uh, become a big fan of, and that is Mr. Devontae Wyatt. Um, he is 24 years old, six foot. Two, 304 pounds. He's up to 309 at his pro day. Um, ran an unbelievably freakish 477 um, as a defensive lineman, which is just completely insane. I mean, that's just, it's out of this world, stupid, ridiculous, insane. Uh, Devontae Wyatt, who, who had two older brothers, was born and raised in Atlanta suburbs, spent his childhood playing multiple sports. He enrolled at Towers High in Decatur and was a four-year letterman on the football team. As a freshman and sophomore, Wyatt bounced between tight end, running back, and linebacker as the coaches tried to best utilize his size and speed. He moved to the defensive line as a junior and totaled seven sacks, adding four touchdowns on offense as a tight end. As a senior, Wyatt earned Class 3A first-team All-State honors. Wyatt also lettered in wrestling and track at Towers, participating in the discus, shot put, and 100-meter dash. It's crazy, man. I mean, it's not crazy to hear these guys getting involved in track, but we're talking about a defensive tackle who's like, oh yeah, I crushed the 100-meter too. Like, what? I mean, I, I doubt he was 304 pounds in high school, but still, that's ridiculous. Four-star defensive tackle recruit out of high school, Wyatt was the number 17 defensive tackle in the 2017 recruiting class, number 27 recruit in the state of Georgia. He put his name on the recruiting map as a junior, especially after a clip of him running a sub-11-second 100-meter dash went viral on the internet. 
The summer after his senior year, he attended a South Carolina camp and committed to the Gamecocks. However, Wyatt flipped to his home state of Georgia after they offered him a few months later, becoming the first in his family to go to college and the second player from Towers to play football for the Bulldogs. Despite signing with Georgia, his test scores fell short of requirements. He was forced to enroll at Hutchinson Community College in Kansas. Wyatt posted 30 tackles and three sacks over 11 games in 2017, a four-star JUCO recruit. He didn't waver from the Georgia commitment and joined the football team in December 2017. Wyatt took advantage of the extra year of NCAA eligibility because of COVID and returned for a fifth season in 2021. He accepted his invitation to the 2022 Senior Bowl. So that's how you get to be 24 years old. You have to spend a year in community college and then, you know, you do the full four years. I guess you could technically do five if you redshirt, but took advantage of four full years in uh, college at Georgia. So you got five years in college. Overall, Wyatt needs to play with better control and play recognition, but he fires off the ball and competes with speed after and effort to make an impact on all three downs. Wyatt has NFL starting skills and is the best three technique tackle in this draft class. A um, couple notes right off the bat. The Packers uh, yesterday, I believe, met with Devontae Wyatt. They flew him out for a visit, um, which again, I'm going to keep hammering it. Age does matter. It is important. It is a negative knock on a player. It does not mean they took him off the board. If they took him off the board, he would not be in Green Bay for a workout. He's in Green Bay for a workout because they're considering where to put him on the board, meaning there is a point at which they would draft him. Additionally, um, we heard from Jerry Montgomery, and I think I, I was thinking about doing it today. I may end up doing it tomorrow, which means we'll take a break from this, but or at least do half the day. But I want to sit down and make sure I listen to all the uh, the coaches' interviews that we heard yesterday. There were some real good nuggets, but a couple of things I, I, I pulled a couple of the notes off of Twitter, but one of the ones that stood out was Jerry Montgomery, our defensive line coach. Um, when asked about the draft, he basically just laid it out there. It'd be nice to have a, a third down pass rusher. Now, to be clear, you don't need to get Devontae Wyatt to get a third down pass rusher. In fact, if you specify that he is a third down pass rusher, granted, that doesn't mean he has to just be that, but there's plenty of guys you can get. For example, the the guy Brooks out of Cincinnati that I highlighted, I retweeted it with that, would be a pretty good example of a guy that maybe isn't anything more than that, but he is that. Because you got to remember, we we brought in Jerron Reed, we have Kenny Clark. So, you know, when you're talking your your sub packages, those are your defensive tackles. And um, I mean, granted, you can you it, you're constantly subbing guys in and out and depending on down and distance and all that. It's not like Devontae Wyatt would never play. He would get plenty of playing time. But at the same time, those those are probably your two main guys. And so adding depth and talent, but specifying that talent is not going to be the worst thing in the world. You know, you got TJ Slayton, you add some more pass rush talent. But if you can cover, if you can grab one guy that can cover a multitude, you know, a guy that can be out there first, second, third, fourth down, that would be pretty solid. So Devontae Wyatt certainly would be top of the list for Jerry Montgomery. I have very little doubt about that. I, I guess I shouldn't say that. Travis Jones, I think is his name, is, is also very good. More of a... Um, more of a nose tackle, uh, you know, run defender. But in terms of like who he likes the most, who knows? And obviously Jordan Davis is up there as well. But I think, again, I, I think maybe based on potential, if you like him, fine. But Travis Jones is a is a better pass rusher, has been a better pass rusher, etc. But anyways, why don't we just go ahead and take a break here? And then I'm going to try to power through and see if we can get through the top 32 prospects and just kind of be done with quote unquote round one. That would be a pretty good stopping point for today. Make sure you check out the two GoFundMes we have going on. I got one pinned to the top of my Twitter. Thank you very much to Jason Bolson for the $25 donation. We're slowly getting there, taking baby steps, but we're going to get there. We've also got Jamie and Carter's um, 
accident fund. Again, thank you very much to Sean Boyer for the $50 donation yesterday. Um, we are at $9,090. Uh, we're just just shy of the $10,000 goal. I mean, we are just a stone's throw away. Again, Jamie and Carter were in an accident, head-on collision. So if you're able to give, that would be great. If you're unable to access or find any of these things, please reach out. I'll send you a link to it. And again, if, if, you, if you don't have anything to give at this time, if you could just do me a favor and share it, uh, retweet it on Twitter, share it on Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. Also, do not forget about amodernfrontier.com. He's got bigger, uh, large quantities of meat that you can buy. You got pork, you got chicken, you got beef, and you've even got uh, sample boxes, mixes, all kinds of fun stuff. But remember to use promo code MEATPACKER. That's one word, all caps. You get $25 off your order. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, rolling right along. Next up, we've got linebacker out of Georgia, Nicobe Dean. It is Nicobe, not Nicobe, which I have occasionally said. Nicobe Dean, one of three children born and raised in Horn Lake, about 20 miles south of Memphis, by his mother, Nikita. Nikita. He started playing organized sports at age three, starred in basketball, baseball, and football throughout his childhood, playing mostly offensive and defensive line in middle school. Dean attended Horn Lake, where he was a four-year letterman on varsity, started every game as a freshman linebacker at the 6A level. After 147 tackles as a junior, he led Horn Lake to a 15-0 class record, uh, class 6A state title as a senior the first state championship in school history. Dean finished his senior season with 175 total tackles, 26 tackles for a loss, seven sacks, three interceptions, two forced fumbles to earn a 2018 Butkus Award as a nation's top high school linebacker. He also had nine touchdowns on offense as a running back and was named 2018 Mr. Football and Gatorade Player of the Year in Mississippi. Dean finished his prep career with 438 total tackles, 61.5 tackles for a loss, 18 sacks, 6 interceptions, 12 total touchdowns. He also lettered in baseball and basketball and track at Horn Lake. Not surprisingly, he was a five-star recruit out of high school, number two inside linebacker behind Brandon Smith, and in 2019 recruiting class, a number one recruit in the state of Mississippi. He received offers from the entire SEC and national programs like Michigan and Stanford, 
Uh, Dean had a final five of Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, LSU, and Texas A&M before he picked the Bulldogs. His older brother, Nicholas, was a tight end at Ole Miss in 2018. Dean elected to skip his final season and enter the 2022 NFL Draft. Um, he was an early enrollee in 2019. He played 14 games, didn't start any. In 2020, 10 games played, 10 games started, led the team in tackles. In 2021, 15 games played, 15 games started, unanimous All-American, first-team All-SEC, Butkus Award, nation's top linebacker, 50-yard interception touchdown, and team captain. The, the cool thing about guys like this, um, and it, it, it could go either way when you get to the NFL. Could be a positive, could be a negative. 21.38 years old, by the way. This guy's never known anything other than being the best. He's always his entire life been the best. He's been playing football. He's been playing sports since he was three years old. He's been the best player on his team his entire life. He's never been in a sport and found people better than him. He's going to get to the NFL and that's going to change. <laughs> and again, that's it's either going to be positive because he's going to come in with a lot of swagger. He's, I mean, he knows what it means to be the best. Right, even being on the the high school team that's never won a state championship, and they won a state championship. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's, it's. I don't want to make the the Moses parting the sea thing like like everything has been handed to him. He's earned all this, but the guy's just a winner. You know what I mean? And that's a positive. The only thing that makes me nervous is how does a guy like this react when he starts losing? When suddenly he's going up against offensive linemen, running back, wide receivers that he can't hang with. I mean, even through college, again, unanimous All American, first team All SEC, Butkus Award, nation's top linebacker. And now, you know, his first taste of the NFL is getting into the draft. He's barely a first-round prospect, and he's the second-ranked linebacker, not by everybody, but then he's going to get into the NFL, and, I mean, he'll be lucky to be a, a top 10, top 20 linebacker. But as of right now, I like it. Assuming he can handle the adversity, I like that he's just a winner, and he's never been anything other than great. It's not a bad thing. Overall, Dean size is working against him, but he has the key read flow uh the key read flow skills and play range versus both the run and pass to impact the game in different ways. He's, he projects as an NFL starter in the Jonathan Vilma mold. He gives him a first or second round grade, number 29 overall. Next up, we've got the two interior offensive linemen starting off with Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M, 21.12 years old, six foot three, uh, nearly six foot four. We'll just call him six four, three twenty three. Weighed in at three twenty five at his pro day. Kenyon Green, who uh, has a younger sister, grew up in Humboldt, Texas, 20 miles north of Houston, played peewee football for his dad on the Outlaws Select team. He attended uh, Atisco... Hold on. Atiscosita High and played for head coach Craig Stump, who played quarterback at Texas A&M from 84 to 87. Green saw immediate varsity reps as a freshman defensive lineman before moving to offensive line. He started at left tackle as a sophomore, helping whatever that school is called to a 12-2 and record. Um, Green moved to right tackle for his final two seasons, earning All-American and All-State honors as a junior and senior. Also played center on the basketball team and threw shot put. He was a five-star recruit out of high school. Green was a number three ranked offensive tackle in 2019 recruiting class and the number one recruit in the state of Texas. Wow. He was ahead of DeMarvin Leal and Garrett Wilson. He found himself at the top of the recruiting rankings as a high school sophomore and initially committed to LSU after the 2016 season. Green still went on visits and considered Texas, Oklahoma, and others before flipping to Texas A&M after Jimbo Fisher was hired as head coach. An offensive line coach, Jim Turner, was retained. His father, Henry, played offensive guard at Grambling State. His mother, uh, Shalinda, played volleyball at UCLA. Green elected to skip his senior season of eligibility and the Aggies Bowl game to enter the 2022 NFL Draft. So 
kind of surprising a little bit, I guess, with Kenyon Green. I don't know why I have a picture of him not really fitting that mold, but extremely highly recruited, extremely talented. Um, he's got the genes, you know, the DNA, got some great tutelage, you know, went to a great high school program, then goes to a great college program. I'm sure he'd love to go to a great NFL system. 2019, uh, he played right guard, started all 13 games, SEC All-Freshman. 2020, started all 10 games at left guard, Consensus All-American, second team All-SEC. In 2021, started all 12 games, seven of them at left guard, two of them at right guard, one of them at uh, left tackle, two at right tackle. Consensus All-American, first team All-SEC, skipped the bowl game. In total, he played 35 games, started all 35. I don't think we've seen that yet. 17 at left guard, 15 at right guard, two at right tackle, one at left tackle. Overall, Green must fit the bad habits, fix the bad habits and penalties at the next level, but he does a great job staying balanced before and after contact with mobility and brawling mentality to win his matchups. He should establish himself as a dependable starting guard early in his NFL career. First, second round grade, 27th overall. Next up, we have Zion Johnson, who's one spot below him on the consensus board, is ahead of him, though, on um, the Dane Brugler draft guide here. Zion Johnson out of Boston College. Six foot two and a half, three hundred and twelve pounds, twenty-two point four four years old. Zion Johnson grew up just outside of Washington, D.C., started playing golf in seventh grade, attended Riverdale Baptist School in Upper Marlboro, where he continued playing golf through his junior year. He was the top player on the golf team. Johnson decided to try out a f- uh, for football and played sparingly as a junior offensive lineman in 2015. He made varsity as a senior and started at right tackle at 220 pounds, with Christian Derisaw starting at left tackle. It's interesting. Tariq Castro-Fields was also on the team as a wide receiver and cornerback. That's hilarious. Johnson helped Riverdale Baptist to a 6-5 record in 2016. He was a no-star recruit out of high school. Johnson wasn't ranked by recruiting services with only one season of full-time playing experience to his name. Davidson, a non-scholarship FCS program, was the only school to recruit him, and he committed to the Wildcats offensive line coach Matt Applebaum and assistant coach Phil Troutwine. Johnson arrived at Davidson at 240 pounds, earned his way into the starting lineup as a freshman in 2017 instead of redshirting. Davidson switched from a pro style to a triple option offense in 2018 as he started all 11 games. Due to financial reasons, Johnson entered the transfer portal after the 2018 season with the hopes of landing a football scholarship. Troutwine was hired as a new offensive line coach at Boston College in 2018, and he offered Johnson a scholarship. That's pretty cool. Johnson received a waiver from the NCAA to play right away and became eligible in August of 2019. After Troutwine took a job at Penn State after the 2019 season, Applebaum was hired as the new offensive line coach, reuniting with Johnson. Also very cool. After a rocky 2020 season at left tackle, Johnson took advantage of the extra year of eligibility and returned to Boston College for a fifth season and returned to left guard. He graded with his degree in computer computer science and is working towards his master's degree in cybersecurity uh, policy and governance. Johnson accepted his invitation to the 2022 Senior Bowl. So um, the intelligence is certainly there. I mean, it's one thing to kind of just get into Boston College, which is a pretty academic school, but it's not like you just got in on that scholarship and then you skate by with no offense to some of these other prospects who have these degrees, but like a communications degree. This dude went all the way in. I mean, I mean, and it's cool too, because obviously you got to this school because you have connections. There's a guy there that believes in you and cares about you that was able to bring you in, but you had, and I'm sure the parents had something to do with this and encouraged him to do so, but to understand that, that this is a great opportunity academically to get a scholarship to a major program like Boston College, not just 
football program, but a major academic college to be able to get a degree. And he goes in for a master's degree in cybersecurity policy and governance. Oh my goodness. But again, played a, a, a ton of tackle. 2017, um, played 11 games, started eight at left guard. This was at Davidson. 2018, started all 11 games, right uh, 10 at right tackle, one at left tackle at Davidson, first team all pioneer. Then he goes to Boston College, left guard. Boston College became eligible in 2019. Second team, all ACC, started uh, seven games out of 13. Started 11, played 11. Left tackle, Boston College, third team, all ACC and team captain. And then in 2021, as we heard, he went back to school so that he could play left guard and kind of showcase his talents because tackle just wasn't really working for him. Started all 12 games. He did play one at left tackle, but 11 at left guard. Boston College, first team all ACC and team captain. So he went from third team to first team basically by switching and staying another year, which was a great choice by him. The other really interesting thing is there are guys that, you know, you want to know how some of these guys end up being fifth, sixth, seventh round undrafted prospects that end up doing really well. It's guys like Zion Johnson, but rather than being intelligent, which by the way, Everything about this story sounds like a guy that just makes good decisions. You know, he left one school to pursue a scholarship. He goes to a school that has great academics and decides to go all the way in and work real hard toward getting a fantastic degree. Makes a decision to go back to school in 2021 rather than, you know, trying to get into the NFL in 2020 and try to make some money. As a result, he showcases his talent and is now a potential first round pick. He seems, I mean, when I say intelligent, I don't just mean academic. There are some people who are book smart that are just not very wise. Zion Johnson seems very wise, as well as being academically intelligent, which is important. Not going to lie, I also don't hate the idea of just the uh, A.J. Dillon, Zion Johnson, you know, reunitement, whatever you would call that. Overall, Johnson will occasionally lose his balance, but his combination of play strength, muscle twitch, and reaction skills help him sustain as both a pass and run blocker. He has the talent to carve out a decade-long career as an interior NFL blocker. First round grade, number 22 overall. We are going to skip Kair Alam and head over to the number six wide receiver, Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. I want to be very clear about this too, because we've all kind of written off Jahan Dotson. Every time he gets mocked, it's like you bunch of morons don't realize that the Packers would never. Um... Also got to recognize would never is is not a thing for Jahan Dotson either, just like it's not for Devontae Wyatt. It's a knock, it's a negative, and certainly they're they're not super high on a 5'10", 178-pound wide receiver, and I'm sure he's dropped further down the Packers board than anyone else's, so it's unlikely he ends up falling to wherever the Packers value him. But he is on the board somewhere, and there are always guys, again, like Jair Alexander, who are not seen as being in the Packers' mold and what they're generally looking for in the position but potentially talented enough that they would they would end up taking a flyer on him. So um, I, I, I just had this daydream, and I've been doing this a lot lately, of, of envisioning the Packers taking somebody that I've either been saying they're not going to take or have been saying certain things about. And it's like, you know, what, what would you say? How would you react to this? And I, I don't want people to have the impression that I've said on this podcast that the Packers would never with Jahan Dotson. It is possible. It is unlikely. And I do think it's unwise to mock Jahan Dotson to the Packers based on what they have said they want but it's certainly not impossible. Anyways, Jahan Dotson, who was the youngest of two boys, was born in Newark, New Jersey, before his family moved to Nazareth, Pennsylvania, 70 miles north of Philadelphia, to live in a safer environment. His parents commuted to New Jersey for work. That's kind of cool. Didn't get a new job or anything, just we got to get the heck out of here, and then just drove. He started playing football at age four, began his prep career at Nazareth Area High, where he combined for 125 catches, 1,866 yards, 25 catches as a freshman and sophomore. Dotson, 
Also played cornerback on defense and had four interceptions in 2015 as a sophomore. He transferred to Petty School in Hightown, New Jersey for his junior year and posted 23 catches for 503 yards and three touchdowns in five games uh, before an injury ended his 2016 season. Dotson returned to Nazareth Area High for the senior season and recorded 62 catches for 889 yards, 15 touchdowns in 2017, earning first-team All-State honors over three years at Nazareth. He set school records for receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. Dotson also lettered in basketball and track, winning the state championship uh, in the 4 by 100 relay. I don't even know how to say it. And the long jump as a sophomore in 2016. He set personal bests in the 100 meter and 200 meters. Is it possible to not set a personal best? Why do they keep saying that? I guess you're just showing me what his personal best was, but I don't, I don't even know what that means. But congratulations on, on doing your best. A four-star recruit out of high school, Dotson was the number 36 wide receiver in the country and the number six recruit out of the state of Pennsylvania. He received offers from all the top programs, including Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and USC. Dotson originally committed to UCLA at the start of his career, but he backed off that pledge in December after Jim Mora was fired as head coach. He flipped to in-state Penn State, recruited by then wide receivers coach Josh Gaddis, and was part of an impressive recruiting class that included several future pros, including Micah Parsons, Jason Owe, and Pat Fryermuth. His mother, Robin, was diagnosed with multiple myeloma, myeloma, a cancer that affects the bone marrow, in 2019 and again in 2021 after two years of remission. Dotson skipped the 2021 bowl game. He accepted his invitation to the 2022 Senior Bowl and later pulled out of the All-Star game. Uh, 2018-2019, not a ton uh, as far as honors. He did start most of the games. 2019 started all 13 games. 2018, he started four of the eight. Then in 2020, played nine, started nine, third team, all Big Ten, led the conference in receiving yards, uh, punt return touchdown, school record 24.6 punt return average. hey oh, You're probably not going to have a first-round pick on punt return, but it's still fun to imagine. Eh, maybe you would. I don't know. 2021, started 12, played 12, third-team All-American, second-team All-Big Ten, led team in receiving two pass completions for 43 yards. Overall, Dotson isn't a tackle breaker, but his marginal play strength will be more noticeable versus NFL defenders. But his dynamic speed, route instincts, and ball skills make him a difficult player to cover one-on-one. He is an NFL starter in the Deontay Johnson mold with better hands and punt return skills. Next up, we've got uh, Dax Hill. Another note for you to, to pay attention to, Daxton Hill goes by Dax. I couldn't even find him in the sheet. I'm like, how do you not have Daxton Hill on this list? It's because he goes by Dax. Doesn't even write Daxton anywhere on his profile. The only place you find the name Daxton Hill is under Lewis Seen's profile. Um, anyways, we got two guys left, both of them out of Michigan. We'll start off with Daxton Hill. Uh, Dane has him listed as the number two safety behind Kyle Hamilton. Obviously, I should have known that. Um but uh, 21.58 years old, six foot 191, ran a 4.38, so unbelievably blazing fast. Daxton Dax Hill, who is the youngest of two boys, was born and raised in Tulsa and focused on basketball before picking up football in the fourth grade, playing running back in life before picking up football in the fourth grade. Wow, he's a late bloomer, huh? Playing running back and linebacker for the Tulsa Bulldogs, he attended Booker T. Washington High, alma, ball, alma mater of both of his parents where he was a four-year letterman, primarily at safety and some offensive snaps mixed in with wide receiver. He notched 67 tackles, two interceptions as a freshman, followed by 47 tackles and two interceptions as a sophomore. As a junior, he helped Booker T. Washington to a 12-1 record and the 2017 6A Division II State Championship, finishing the season with 70, uh, 71 tackles, five interceptions, three of those returned for a touchdown, and seven touchdown receptions on offense. 
As a senior, Hill was named a U.S. Army All-American and 2018-2019 Gatorade Player of the Year in Oklahoma with 93 tackles, 9 tackles for a loss, 11 passes defended, 3 forced fumbles, and 2 interceptions. He gave up basketball after his freshman year and lettered in track as a sophomore, posting personal bests of 11.01 in the 100 meters, 22.02 in the 200 meters. He was not surprisingly a five-star recruit out of high school. Hill was the number one safety in the 2019 recruited, recruiting class, number 14 recruit overall in the nation, number one out of Oklahoma, not surprisingly. He considered in-state Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, along with several other top nation programs such as Georgia, LSU, and Ohio State. But in the end, Hill chose choice came down, down to Alabama and Michigan. He initially committed to the Wolverines in September 2018 before flipping to Alabama after his senior year. However, he flipped back to Michigan on signing day. His older brother, Justice, played running back for Oklahoma State and was a fourth-round pick in the 2019 NFL Draft by the Baltimore Ravens. Justice Hill, that's interesting. Hill elected to skip his senior season and enter the 2022 NFL Draft. It's a lot less noticeable when you have a common name like Hill. Sometimes you, you notice right away when it's like, oh, these guys must be related because that's a very unique last name. Overall, he started uh, 23 of his 33 uh, games over three years. The only real interesting note here, surprisingly, is in 2021, first team all Big Ten, led teams in pass deflections and interceptions. Overall, Hill might have might not have elite size or length, but his versatile package of skills, which is athletic range, toughness, and football IQ, make him the ideal nickel defender in today's NFL. He should be a rookie starter as either a split safety or slot defender which, as many people have pointed out, would be a, a fun thing for the Packers to pick up. You get sort of that third safety, and you get sort of the the potential slot player as well. Gives you that versatility, and then you can kind of hone in what he does from there. Does he take over as your number two safety, et cetera, et cetera. And then our final prospect, our number 32 overall prospect on the consensus big board, we've got David Ajabo out of Michigan, uh, six foot four, 250 pounds. Ran a 4.55. He is 21.95 years old. Uh, another guy with a really interesting uh, past. Uh, middle child of three, was born and raised in Port Harcourt, Nigeria, in West Africa until the age of seven when his family moved to Scotland for his father's job. He grew up playing basketball, soccer, and volleyball in Aberdeen and wanted to maximize his opportunities in those sports, so he left his family and moved to the United States at age 15. My goodness. Ajabo enrolled at Blair Academy, a private boarding school in New Jersey, and lettered his sophomore year in basketball and soccer. He saw his Blair basketball teammates, Adafe Jason Owe, who was a year older, make the transition from basketball to football and went to the football coaches to also make the switch. Ajabo played football for the first time as a junior, repeating uh, his junior year for football reasons. What a crazy situation. You're in West Africa, you move to Scotland, you want to pursue sports more seriously, so you leave your family, um, obviously with your family's blessing, enroll at a really high-end private university. Jason Owe is there, switches to football, and you're like, I want to follow Adafe Owe over there. Crazy. Ajaba also ran track at Blair and uh, placed the placed first in the 100 meters at in the prelims of the 2018 New Jersey State Champions championship, whatever. I don't know. Four-star recruit out of high school, Ajabo was the number 19 strong side defensive end in the 2019 recruiting class and the number seven recruit out of the state of New Jersey, one spot behind John Mechie. With his rare athletic ability, he started to earn attention from colleges before he played, before he ever played a game, including an offer from Rutgers. He collected almost three dozen total offers, including Ohio State, Clemson, and Ivy League programs like Columbia and Yale. 
In the end, Ajabo picked Michigan over Notre Dame because of the mix of both academics and athletics. After redshirting in 2019, he returned to Scotland in March of 2020 for a week-long visit with his family, but found himself stuck there for three months because of the coronavirus and international travel ban. His mother, nope, not even going to try for numerous reasons, look it up yourself, and father, Victor Senior, Senior, traveled to the United States for the 2021 Big Ten Championship game, which was, trying to compose myself here, which was the first and only time they have seen their son play football live. After his breakout 2021 season, Ajabo elected to skip his final two seasons of eligibility and enter the 2022 NFL Draft. Dane Brugler's trying to get me canceled, man. That ain't cool, Dane. Uh, 2019 uh, early enrollee defensive scout team player of the year, despite doing nothing. He redshirted that year. Uh, Played six games, started zero in 2020. Uh, Played 14 games, started seven in 2021. First team all Big Ten, led Big Ten in uh, forced fumbles. Single season record for forced fumbles. Only starting seven of fourteen games—that's pretty impressive. So very limited, um, very limited in general. Hasn't done a ton. Started seven games in college. Period. Overall, Ajabo is admittedly still learning various aspects of football, but he is naturally explosive with the upfield burst and stride uh, and stride length to overwhelm tackles with arc speed. He will be a sub-package rusher when he returns from his Achilles injury and offers down the road Pro Bowl upside as a hybrid linebacker. So another guy that ends up working for him. I mean, when you've started seven games ever in football and you, you, you know, football was new to you in high school. And so you're a late bloomer to, to football in high school. You just kind of figure it out, immediately start getting massive offers despite very limited um, high school exposure. And then you barely play in college and are a first round draft. I mean, th- this is a guy that just clearly is oozing talent and it's so massively unrefined. So the upside for Ajabo is, is clearly there. But anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. Seem like I uh, might actually get out of here at a reasonable time, which is staggeringly surprising. But uh, I'll leave it at that. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs>